Welcome to Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID. Apostle ID is the general overseer and senior pastor of Overcomers in Christ group of churches. Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID brings you gospel-centered messages and tools that equip you to live a life of victory and freedom as an overcomer in Christ. Join us today as Apostle ID continues his three-part interactive teaching series on defeating Satan in spiritual warfare. Hi, welcome to Warfare Mindset. Today, we want to look at how we defeat Satan in spiritual warfare. If there's any question at this time, please feel free to ask your question. Uh, thank you. So, as for defense, we have the armor of God uh, and the blood of Jesus. Yes. So, what kind of attack we have? The word of God. I want to know if I'm missing another weapon. We have the word of God. I just oh, we've, we've, we've not yet got to the weapons. I've just been discussing the armor. We've not really discussed the weapons. We're going to discuss a few weapons. There are many. There are many weapons, like fire. Uh, yes, yes, we're going to get binding and loosening. So many weapons we have. Ephesians 6 does not mention binding and loosening. Right? We are, so there are so many weapons. We cannot look at all of them, but we will look at two or three that we tend to overlook. The ones that don't seem very obvious, we will look at those. Any other question? Okay, let's move. Yes, yes, please. When do you know when to engage in offensive warfare or defensive warfare? I mean, I know when you should engage in defense if you're being attacked, but how do you know when it's the right time to engage in offensive In your spirit, you should know that because you have the Holy Spirit. When you see the enemy is gaining ground against you, you know, um, when you look at King David, you know, he inquired of the Lord and the Lord said, pursue, overtake, and recover all without fail. You know, so the Holy Spirit in you will give you that release and tell you now it's time to fight. But you must know who your enemy is. So long as you're not using your weapons against man. So the Spirit of God will, will, will show you that. You know, will preempt you, will prompt you. And as you start to pray, remember we said prayer is what carries everything, holds everything together. And before you know it, in prayer, the Holy Spirit is praying for you because you know not how what to pray for as you ought. And before you know it, the Holy Spirit begins to speak in tongues and begins to make demands from the throne of grace concerning um, the warfare. And before you know it, in your prayers, you're shooting weapons because you know not what to pray for as you ought. So the Spirit of God will, um, will lead you in that direction. Amen? Amen. I have a question. Yes, please. Okay, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 says, And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So how do we know after obedience is fulfilled? We are actually, we are going to get to that. And what that is saying is that, um, you know, what that is saying is that you must be in obedience before you can use the weapons. In other words, you can't be fighting against God. You must be on God's side. You want to use God's weapons, then you must be on his side. You know? You must be on his side. But but, but um, that is something, and that it also makes you understand that vengeance is the Lord, it's not yours. But the key thing there is, you want to use these weapons, you must be in full obedience. 
Because this church in Corinth, the church in Corinth, you know, they were spiritually gifted, uh, about the most gifted church we read about in the New Testament, but they were so carnal. You know, they were so carnal. And that's why Paul is telling them the weapons of their warfare are not carnal. The church in Corinth was a very carnal church, in spite of their spiritual gifts. Okay. Yes. Let, let's move on. We still have some, some things to cover. We'll take questions as we go along. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There are many weapons. We've been given many weapons of warfare. And we would look at just two or three. Two or three. Sometimes the Lord will tell you what weapon to use. Sometimes the Lord will tell you, direct my fire, my unquenchable fire at this power. Sometimes the Lord will send his wind against the powers. You know, there are times God has told me, son of man, blow wind. Blow wind against this devil. You know, so God has so many weapons of warfare and they are almighty through God. So if I just wake up and say, oh, I'm going to blow wind like I did yesterday. If it is not true, God, nothing will happen. If I just wake up and say, oh, I'm going to shout fire of the Holy Ghost, hit this principality. If it is not true, God, it won't be a mighty weapon to affect that power. So the first weapon we want to examine today is love, L-O-V-E, love. And you must be in obedience to Christ to use this weapon. Now, in John chapter 14, verse 15, it reads, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. So you must be in obedience to Christ to use the weapon called love. Now, love does not give fire for fire. Love does not give man fire for fire. The man that slaps you on the cheek is not your enemy. The man that slaps you on the cheek, and slapping on the cheek may be figurative for the man that betrays you, that abuses you, that insults you, that oppresses you. All those are slaps on the cheek. So the man that slaps you on the cheek is not your enemy. Um, let us go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, I begin from verse 39. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. Now, when he says resist not evil, he's talking about evil men. Evil men, not evil powers. You will soon see that now. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, He's talking about men. Turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue you, will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Verse 43. And 44, very important. Ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But, anytime but is introduced in a sentence, that means the meaning is about to change. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. He says, love your enemies. 
Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So if you want to fight spiritual warfare, you better obey Jesus. If you're going to fight spiritual warfare, you better obey Jesus. And Jesus says, bless them that curse you. Jesus says, love your enemies. Jesus says, do good to them that hate you. So you cannot disobey Jesus here and think you're going to fight spiritual warfare and prevail. This is why love is very important. If you want to fight spiritual warfare, you better obey Jesus. Love your enemies. Don't manufacture your own instructions. Jesus has given us the instructions already. We see part of that instruction in Matthew 5, verse 44. So prayers that demand human enemies like witches and warlocks and political figures, prayers that demand that uh, human enemies fall down and die are not in alignment with Scripture. You cannot read Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 and be saying to that witch, fall down and die. That warlock, fall down and die. Um, that contravenes scripture. And if you contravene scripture, God is not with you in that warfare. Now, I have a friend. I haven't heard from him in a while. His name is John. And John used to be a warlock in New York. Can you imagine if Christians were saying, John, fall down and die, fall down and die. God will say, I called you to love your enemies, to love your neighbor as thyself. I didn't say love principalities and powers. So your praying sort prayers against John to fall down and die is against my purpose because I plan to use John in the future to advance my kingdom. Or can you imagine the, the apostles saying that Saul should fall down and die? Oh, this man that is troubling the church, fire of God against you, fall down and die, fall down and die. God will not answer that prayer because one, it contravenes scripture. And two, it goes against God's purpose. God wants to preserve him because he's going to use Saul, Paul, to write the epistles and preach the gospel in many places to the Gentiles. So we must be um, careful how we pray and how we act. Bless those that curse you. Uh, if you're doing warfare and you begin to curse those that curse you, Jesus will say, that is not what I told you. Jesus will say, that is not what I told you to do. And if you do that and you're cursing those that curse you, you are in disobedience. We must learn to obey instructions. In spiritual warfare, remember we are an army, a rugged army that Jesus Christ is building up in these end times. And one good thing about a quality army is obeying orders of their superiors. So Jesus Christ has given us orders. He's our commander-in-chief. We cannot fight this um, warfare contrary to his orders. So reject that Christianity, you know, that talks about falling down and dying of human beings. Human beings are not our enemies. Rather, deal with the power that is working through them. Now, if a warlock or wizard and I'm hoping this is a practical class. If a warlock or wizard or other enemy of Christ, a man, should curse you, what do you do? You reject the curse. You don't curse him back. You reject the curse. You reject the curse. And Jesus says, bless those that curse you. 
reject his cause and bless him. That is real spiritual warfare. And when you do that, you're heaping coals of fire on his head. That's what the Bible tells us. So the way of Jesus is not to hate your enemy. Spiritual warfare. The way of Jesus is not to hate your enemy. The Holy Spirit will set your heart to see if you have hatred for that supervisor, hatred for that spouse, hatred for, hatred for that in-law. The Holy Spirit will set your heart. That's not the way of Jesus. So um, we must pray for them and not pray against them. This is what Jesus is telling us. We must pray for our enemies, not against them. When we do that, we are strong in the Lord. And our attack, our attack will be very effective. Now, if you hate your enemy, what happens, and Jesus knows this, is that hate begins to poison your spirit, your soul. Hate poisons uh, your soul, your spirit. It poisons your heart. And the theater of warfare is the heart. The heart. That is what we use to engage in warfare, in spiritual warfare. Hatred comes to poison that heart. And how can the poisoned heart wage war against Satan and his uh, principalities and powers? Now, to understand love as a weapon, let us look briefly at Romans chapter 12. Now, in Romans chapter 12, I go to verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Why? We're not, it's not flesh and blood. We're not fighting flesh and blood. So don't waste time doing that. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, sometimes it is not, but if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Why? Men are not your enemy. The Buddha man is not your enemy. The Muslim man is not your enemy. The occult man is not your enemy. In fact, that occult man, that Buddha man, you should see him as your neighbor that you're trying to win to Christ. Romans 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. So the warfare is not to get vengeance on that man, that woman that hurt you. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Verse 20. I want us to catch that. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, he's your enemy. Feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this is your enemy. Let me tell you the the thrust of Romans chapter 12, um, verse 20. If thy enemy hunger, feed him. Now, this is your enemy. You have to understand that there is a power using that enemy against you. And if you hate that enemy, that human enemy in quotes, that power will have dominion in the warfare. Because hatred is Satan's language. Hatred is Satan's weapon. Is Satan's weapon. You cannot use Satan's weapon on that human being, that agent of the principality. So Satan uses principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, and these powers use men to do their bidding. So if you're going to generate hatred in your heart against a fellow man, you've started to use Satan's weapon instead of the weapon of law. And that 
evil power will always prevail. That evil power will say, ah, if he hits a human being, who is it to challenge me? We are on the same side. I also hate human beings. I don't have the, the demonic power will say, I don't have love in my heart. And this man doesn't have love in his heart. And that gives, so, so without love, our warfare becomes um, rather blunt. And um, we must avoid strife if you desire victory in battle. Avoid strife. You are not the one to avenge. We see that in Romans 12. We are not the one to avenge. Nothing like tit for tat. And love, love requires constant forgiveness. An element of love is constant forgiveness. And many times we see Christians praying anointed prayers. And I've been guilty of that. You know, and I had to go back and cry to the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy, forgive me. And, you know, I repent. You know, I have to repent before God. You know, so sometimes you see Christians praying anointed prayers and there's no love. Anointed prayers without love is, is meaningless, you know. So love is very important in warfare. It is a weapon. You must walk in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So that perfect love is a weapon that will cast away the spirit of fear. Where there's fear in your heart, that love will cast it away. Perfect love casts out fear. Now, another weapon I want us to look at briefly uh, is faith. In Ephesians 6, faith is presented as um, the armor of God, part of the whole armor of God, the shield of faith. Um, the Bible also tells us that faith is not only a defensive um, armor, but it's also an offensive weapon. And we see that in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. If you have your Bible, join me in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And it reads, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So what overcometh the world is our faith. We get the victory through faith. We get the victory through faith. And 1 John 5 verse 4 says, this is the victory that overcometh the world. So if the Bible is talking about victory, that means that there was a war. If the Bible is talking about victory, that means that there was a fight. And victory that overcometh the world. And remember, friendship with the world, love of the things of the world, makes you an enemy of God. So we, we, we really need to reevaluate, recalibrate, and rethink uh, our understanding of spiritual warfare. Many times we fought spiritual warfare and love is lacking. We are in strife and um, somebody hurt us, we've not reconciled. And um, we're not operating in faith. Sometimes we're just chanting prayers. And that's why we always say, say what you mean and mean what you say. There are some churches where they just chant prayers, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, 100 times. And I wonder, what does that really mean? You know, what does that really mean? Unless, unless of course, the Holy Spirit gave that specific um, instruction. 
So we need to understand who the enemy is. And until you know who the enemy is, you cannot use the right weapon. You cannot use the right weapon. So sometimes the enemy we are fighting is the world system. It might not even be a principality and power. It might just be the world system. It might just be the world system stacked up against somebody. And that somebody would have to apply faith because that's the weapon that will overcome the world. That is the victory that will overcome the world. So sometimes the powers of the world would use the system of the world, the media, the government, you know, to harass you. Maybe it's the IRS, maybe it is the um, immigration, maybe it's whatever, you know, the media to harass. And God says, for the battle against the world, because spiritual warfare, we fight um, in three arenas. Spiritual warfare, we must first conquer the flesh, conquer the world, and then conquer principalities and power, Satan. So, so you must know who the enemy is and use the right weapons. When you're fighting warfare with the world forces, that is when your faith needs to be strongest. First John 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith in who? Faith in what? Verse 5, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. In other words, faith in Christ, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID. This concludes part two of our three-part series on defeating Satan in spiritual warfare. Tune in for the conclusion of this series, which includes more Q&As from overcomers in Christ. Please share your thoughts by leaving us a comment in the review section, and we encourage you to subscribe and to share these episodes. You can also connect with Apostle ID on our YouTube channel, Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID. And for more resources, be sure to visit the Overcomers in Christ group of churches YouTube channel, Overcomers Deliverance Network.